0: And welcome to episode 137 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Did anything happen this past weekend? Anyone have any idea? Wow, we have a lot to talk about. Please make sure you subscribe right there on the bottom right hand side of the screen. Smash that like button. That'll tell YouTube this is a great show. Hit that notification bell. You guys know the drill by now. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you do all that stuff. Uh, on the screen, there you can see right there. Uh, f- follow me on Twitter at HKravitz, and of course, the scroll on the bottom of the screen, HKravitzHorse at gmail.com. Also, if you don't have time to listen live to our videos, we are on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Subscribe and listen now. We have a lot of promos. Look below the video screen, a lot of you know about those promos. We have a lot of new subscribers. Please check below the video player. I'm not going to go through all the uh, promotions tonight because we have a bunch of things to talk to. But again, hit that show more button below the video player and you can find about the race day blog, the podcast pool, and, a whole, and also my a deal with BetUS, a fantastic betting platform. Anyway, look below the video player and you can find out about all that information. First thing I want to do quickly before I bring on my co-hosts and other guests. I just want to thank everyone out there for your support of the channel. Last week, are you ready for this? Last week, over thirty-five thousand views on the HHH Racing podcast. That's right, and also listens on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Unbelievable. The the subscriptions just keep going up and up. I don't know if our co-host Paul Halvin will have an update. Last one I saw. Uh, was 1,150-something 1, uh, subscribers way up from uh, the last few weeks. So, again, if you were, have been a part of the HHH Racing Podcast at all, but especially you joined us new last week, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. We have a lot of people already watching. Please make sure you comment up in the live chat. We've got Phil Conti is here. We have Charles B. is here. Thanks, guys, for joining the show. Uh, again, we're going to have some great conversations. All right, let's jump right in. We're not going to waste any time tonight. We got a lot of things uh, to talk about, of course, a lot of things to show you. First, I want to bring in my intrepid uh, co-hosts from the East Coast. Let's see how their weekend was. Pete Visco and Paul Halloran. Guys, how you doing tonight? Awesome.
1: Hey, Howard. Hey, Paul. We had the
0: sign, like always. Paul's got the sign. Of course, he's on mute also, which is his new tradition now. So he'll <laughs> he'll switch Good that. Good evening. There. Good evening. How you doing, Good Paul? Evening. Well, as Thanks you can see
2: the... from my as you can see from my hat, a fleet Alex, I have moved on to the Preakness.
0: <laughs> um, but again, you're a little low in the camera. We can't really see your face, Paul. But unless you get closer or tilt it, there, there you go. go. Yeah, there you go. We don't want your uh, your uh, your name tag to be in, in the way of your uh, wonderful mug there. Uh, oh. Well, I, I, I'm glad you moved on to the Preakness, but we got a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> Uh, Tonight, Very quickly, before I bring on two other people, Pete, let me go with you first. What was your one major take from the entire weekend? Other (laughs) other than the obvious. Uh,
1: Yeah, the major take for me personally was the bloodbath to my account that happened. That's that's probably my major take. I mean, I don't know what to say. There was I mean, aside from the the craziness in the Derby, since we probably only talk about Derby and Oaks, there were just a lot of great horses that ran and some really impressive performances over the two days. So if nothing else, it's always fun to take that away, to
0: look forward to those horses later in the season. Uh, I'll tell you what, normally, Patricia, I'd be upset by that comment, but I'll laugh along with you too because I'm guessing, Patricia, a lot of people are in that same uh, boat. Um, Paul, any other, of course, than the obvious, what was your main takeaway?
2: Uh, I I think Pete touched on a good point. I, I think it has the potential to be a very good, uh campaign to watch these three-year-olds uh we talked about charge last week probably not ready for prime time he wasn't he likely will be later in the year epicenter as expected is a champion caliber horse zandon champion caliber horse um you know you we'll see what early voting does in the preakness we'll see what the new shooters do uh mo Donegal, i think is going to be this year's tacitus unfortunately where he's always around but never seems to find the 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 guy with the camera in the winner's circle (laughs) um but a good horse nonetheless and you know unfortunately i'm a new york racing guy you know the wood again proves not to be the correct road to the kentucky derby unfortunately uh but still a good horse and uh you know, I so I, I do think uh, going forward, and then once you have horses that now their their owners and connections realize and trainers they're not uh, classic distance horses, and they turn them back, and you have races like the Woody Stevens and the Alan Jerkins and the Acorn, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think we're looking at a good, good, see, good campaign.
0: I have two very just snapshot takeaways, and then of course we're going to deep dive into the Oaks and Derby. Uh, Thanks for joining us tonight. My one, and maybe just my personal interest, thank goodness the weather was great. I mean, the weather turned out was supposed to be a disaster all weekend long. And actually, other than a few rain showers, I think late in the card, you know, Friday night into like Saturday morning. Overall, the weather ended up being fantastic, which was unexpected uh, and fortunate. And my other takeaway, did anyone watch the last race on Saturday that I I touted out on the show? I mean, Strobe? Oh, my (laughs) God. Goodness, 108-3, first-time starter. I mean, could be absolutely anything, guys. I mean, just went to lead and ran off the screen against a decent Maidenfield. field. Uh, can you say Woody, Woody Stevens, Paul, and you're not going to woods in a second start, you think? Is that even possible? Well,
2: you know, supposedly <laughs> on the uh, one of the time form or one of the uh, figures, how would he the best figure of the weekend,
0: I heard. I mean, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I know it's time for him. Listen, he ran 108 and three. Now you could say he got an easy lead. I mean, he, he ran unbelievable. So he had a
1: 92 goal. buyer, it looks like. So that nice for I mean, me. But again, I mean, yeah, it seems I, low, but I mean, that's beautiful for your your first time out. I mean, especially a late, especially a late bloomer like that. I mean, he jumps sure. out and just is awesome.
0: Last thing I'll say and we're going to bring on our two other fantastic guests tonight. You mentioned uh, Tacitus from O'Donoghue. I think Tacitus won, what, $3 million, Paul? So I'm not sure the connection would be too disappointed. If oh, me, no. I, don't, I know what no, you're, you I'm not giving you a him. hard time about it. I totally understand what you're saying. But Tacitus is still a nice horse. Very good. No, you want to own him. But
2: I'm just talking <laughs> as a better, though. You know, again, yeah. he, he was wildly overbet many, many times. I ripped up career. a lot of
1: tickets on Tacitus, I can tell yeah. you that. And, and you know, we'll get myself. into the
2: we're gonna get into the Derby, Howard. But yeah. if we're talking about the way the race was won, okay, if we said going in there's gonna be the epic pace meltdown of all time in history, well, how come Mo Donegal didn't win it?
0: Right? Believe me, be- between you and I, I sure as hell wish he did because uh, well, I mean, well, we'll we'll get into it. But it's it's so, a valid point. It's a valid point. All right, gentlemen, let's bring on my two other guests. Now, for those of you that are new to the show, there's two gentlemen I've had on before a few times that I uh, call friends. One of them I've actually not met in person. The other one I've uh, spent a bunch of time with, especially recently. He was uh, went with me to Keeneland. It was her, his first visit to Keeneland. These are going to be, I don't really have a specific name for these two guys, but let's just say they're going to be main contributors to this show. Uh, they both are very well-versed in the world of horse racing one of them actually has a little bit of harness racing background as well they're both going to add a tremendous amount of insight to this show on a somewhat regular basis so let's bring on our two main contributors to fill out our five some tonight we have jim Pollars from buffalo and kyle roscoe from chicago kyle and jim thanks for coming on how are you guys doing tonight good long time no see boys how's it going
3: hello man good to see you guys again
0: hey jim <clears throat> Hi, jim Absolutely. Guys, thanks a lot for coming on. I asked Pete and Paul real quick, just about 30 seconds. I'll start with you, Jim, first. Your main takeaway from this weekend, again, other than the obvious.
3: I really enjoyed watching the Oaks race, even though I lost. I really hated watching the Derby, even though I back into a win.
4: Kyle? Other than my head on the bar like this after Rich Strike won, it was pretty good. I mean, I made out pretty decent on the Derby card, so you can't ever complain about that for sure.
0: I, I had some I had some nice exactas, in the race day blog. Did have some nice scores and good opinions, but overall, I lost this weekend. I'm not going to come on the show. When you have most of your money running through the derby mm-hmm. and the 81 yeah. shot wins on top, uh, that's not going to be good for me. Uh, so anyway, I, I did not have a profitable weekend. I'm assuming a lot of people uh, felt the same way, except except for all the, the the wise guys who, of course, Rich Strike, of course he can win. How do you not use him?
4: 40 buyer jump first. freaking Yeah.
0: All right, we'll get into all that, guys. We got. Let's talk about the ladies first. So what we're going to do, for those of you at home, we're going to be talking about the Oaks, literally all for about 10 or 15 minutes, and then we're going to talk about the Derby. I promise all these guys, we are going to be done by 9 o'clock Eastern tonight. I promise 100% we will be done. I will be off the air by 9 o'clock Eastern tonight um, because there's only so much we can talk about, and uh, and I think we can get to everything we need to uh, by finishing at 9. So the first thing, gentlemen, we're going to do is talk about the Oaks. We're going to show the Oaks replay. Now I'm, I'm going to have the sound off, and we're also going to stop and start it at certain points. So I'm not going to show the entire Oaks race from start to finish, and then we're going to talk. We're actually going to talk as we watch the race. I think that's the And I'm going to stop and start at certain points, and so we'll just watch it in, in, in progression. I think that's the, the best way to do it. So let me go ahead and, and, and bring it on right now. Uh, Again, this is the Kentucky Oaks. Of course, we all know who won the race, uh, Secret Oath. Unbelievable job by by D. Wayne. Um, I'm going to go and start the race. And again, uh, guys, we're going to be mainly watching this full screen. So, of course, those of you at home, you'll be uh, hearing different voices in the background of people I talk to. And just to give you guys a heads up, Pete, I'm going to have you comment on the very first point, which is the start of the race. And I want you to comment as I show about Yaguri and Echo Zulu. So let's go ahead and again Echo Zulu is the seven, Yaguri is the six. These were the two main speeds. And I had said earlier last week if one of them had got loose, especially Echo Zulu, things could have been could have been interesting. But as we go ahead and start the race here, uh uh Pete, they both got off to fantastic starts. What was your very first thought right here? Let's freeze it right here. Pete, what were you thinking right here as you as you watch the race?
1: Well, actually it was funny. My first thought was great that they, cause I mean, I had mostly come from behind horses. So my thought was, Oh good. The six and the seven, the six, right. The six and the seven broke. So it wasn't like, Hey, there's two speeds in here and one of them doesn't get out of the gate. So it ruins whatever potential you have for, you know, a quote unquote speed duel. So I, w- I was sort of excited, at least that they broke. Well, both went to the lead, like we expected. And and if you're looking for closers, that's all you can ask for.
0: Uh, Paul, did you think? Now I guess Yeguri was supposed to be sent. Um, I've heard some people. Actually, I will bring you guys on a little bit once in a while here. I heard some people say like, "What was Florent Drew doing? How stupid!" This is a speed horse, guys. What do you want to rate a speed horse? What is he gonna? Is he gonna rate off of Echo Zulu and then win? I've got. If you were a fan of Yuguri, which I certainly wasn't, I mean, Paul, what else you can do with this horse? You have to go right and take your chances, don't you?
2: Uh, I thought he was definitely going. You know, I thought going in that Echo Zulu was sitting in a good spot outside of him. But I think if if they had to do it over again, you might rather be inside of him. Um, you know, I, I don't think Rosario did anything wrong there. Uh, you know, you could see around the turn; he's he's head and head with them, and Rosario's not really asking, and Jeru's not really asking, as you said, Howard. He is just a naturally fast horse. And the only way Uguri can win that race is on the lead. So Giroux rode his horse in a way that he he would have a chance to win, unlike Mikhail Barzalona, who we'll talk about later.
0: <laughs> yeah, we will <won't laughs> talk about that. Uh, Jim, I know you and Kyle were not uh, a part of our uh, official, you know, broadcast on air, I should say. Um, and I apologize for not knowing this, Jim. I didn't have a chance to look at the comments. Who did you fancy in this race and how did you feel about the start? Did, that, did, did this speed duel work out for your potential or your top pick
3: in this race? Yeah, actually, Howard, it did. I was much like Pete. I was on Nest and Kathleen Owen. Probably about 90% of my play went through those two. I was against Secret Oath. And at this point in the race, I thought I was in a fantastic position. It was a nice, fast half. Honest, um, I thought the closers are going to have a big, big chance in this race. Uh, again, have to give a lot of credit to Louis Saez. You can see him there in the blue. Nobody near him. You know, lots of room on the outside, options galore. Uh, what a fantastic job in keeping that horse in the clear. And it's really going to come to play later as they come to the top of the stretch because you'll see that both Nest and Kathleen O are pinned to the inside with horses around them. Secret Oath had a fantastic clear outside run and that made the re, you know and end of the race the result ended the way it did because of that terrific ride. they
0: yeah, you saw my thunder Jim Kyle I thought this was a huge part of the race here where Saez this, he could have stayed on the inside and saved ground it seemed like that they were intent to get this horse to the outside and avoid the kickback Kyle.
4: Right correct exactly and it's um like I said it's just perfect by Luis Saez as Jim Pilar's added and I'm 100% I was 100% with him. I was 95% of my plays went through Nest and Kathleen O. I wasn't against Secret Oath. I had her underneath in my tries. But like I said, perfect outside trip and blew by everyone as they came home. So perfectly done by side. That's a great freeze
3: frame, Howard, right there where you see Nest the four horse pin to the inside with two horses yeah. to the outside and then and Secret Oath just, just in the clear on the out. At Pete,
0: my, now I needed Nest or, or Kathleen O personally, and they were both on the inside. Uh, Pete, my very first thought when I watched this race and I did watch the NBC feed, although I will admit that, uh, for the Derby, I did not because I, I don't like all the switching of the shots and everything. I was a little worried right here with Nest, even though he saved ground, because I was worried he may get stuck behind Hidden Connection and Uguri on the inside. It's a risky proposition, but if you go wide then people say, why did you go wide? I mean, so, you know, it's hard to have both ways, right?
1: Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't win. For oh, by the way, um, Howard, there was a comment about some noise in the background. So I don't know if somebody has like yeah, a TV yeah. or something going. I hear and, it, know, too.
0: F- it's not me. Someone's got some noise in the background, guys. One of our guests, if if one of you five have some noise going on, either it's our own podcast or just something. We got to turn it them down. Yeah, I can still hear it. By the way, so someone's got someone on the background. Go ahead, Pete.
3: Maybe in my will Check it out.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, you you know, you can't,
1: uh, you're sort of damned. If you do damned, if you don't Howard, if you stay inside, you run the risk of getting blocked. If you go outside, you, you run the risk of running wide. I mean, what are you going to do? You have a horse who wants to sit near the pace like nest and make a move, but it looks, I mean, right there, it doesn't look bad. The rails, not that, well, I guess it closes off a little bit, but it's not the worst position in the world. So I don't think, I don't, I don't think, um, Ortiz did anything wrong on no. Nest by any
0: chance.
4: I actually, I actually like this. Like Nest uh, looks just like Kathleen O's is just going to follow Nest in, and if the rail opens, well, it looked like they both had a good position. But
0: Here's the only thing with Kathleen O, and it's a little bit hard to tell. I don't know if you guys watched the last like second. Castellano is already using a little bit. Because he's on the inside, he had to use to hold that position. That's the problem with being on the inside is if you get shut off, you're screwed. So if you're on the inside, you almost have to go when it's there, as opposed to on the outside, you can sort of pick your spot as to when to go. So it just seemed like all weekend, guys, that these wide outside moves just worked really well. I'm not saying the rail was bad, but it's just my opinion with you, yeah, the bigger the field, the more you want to be in the clear. I realize you might lose ground, but we saw that a lot this weekend on the turf, too, where these big fields, you just want to be in the clear. I'm going to go ahead and, and let it and roll through here. Uh, as we talk. So obviously, yeah, I mean, Ness is a good spot, but you can see Saez is already making his move, gaining momentum. I mean, Paul, in general, no matter who you had in this race, would you rather a horse just go wide and lose ground but not lose momentum or try to thread the needle up the inside? What's your general preference with whatever horse you have uh, that you want to win?
2: Well, I think with this, the way this field is bunched up, how you made the point how with this many horses – there's a pretty good chance that the inside's going to get clogged. And and that's the secret oath move. You know, she has made that move before. She made that move in the Arkansas Derby. She just flattened out a little bit uh, in the stretch. So, you know, uh, as either Jim or Kyle mentioned earlier, you know, that, that was clearly – that's how she wants to run. And, you know, you had to think they weren't thrilled with drawing the one, keeping that in mind. But – you know what they say, save some ground on the first turn and then go as wide as you want uh, on the second. And and that's her, that's her move. And uh, Saez did it perfectly. He's as good as anyone, uh, yeah, in my here's, opinion.
0: Here's Ness right here ha- having to wait. You'll see Kathleen O also having to wait, but actually really gave a pretty darn good ride. I, I, Kathleen O was very disappointed in the lane, as we're about to see here. So you see, I mean, look at this jump you know, between Kathleen O and Secret O. That's a good what, three lengths plus momentum. That's going to be very hard for Kathleen O. And Nest really had to wait a little bit and also had to use – I want to show this a little bit. I don't know if we're going to see it or not. But Nest had to use uh, on the turn – this is what I'm talking about. Watch the hands of Nest. You see right there, he's actually – he is moving a little bit. So he he has to – you know, she has to move to hold her position. I'll just go ahead and let it run. And now she's got to wait. So there's a lot of stopping and starting, you know, even if it's subtle with Nest. Secret Oath, of course, gets the jump. Uh, Kathleen O did angle out right here. I mean, it was a pretty darn good trip. And, of course, here's Ness right there. Secret Oath takes the lead. Guys, I thought Echo Zulu ran a huge, huge race. Considering the situation, by the way, again, look how wide um, Kathleen O is. And even Ness is, is that little wide. And i will just go and let it run through. The other thing, uh, and I'm going to ask this question to Jim. And let mm-hmm. me go ahead and bring us on a little bit. This is Awake at Midnight, who, by the way, ran a big race gym up from California. Do yeah. you feel that Awake at, Midnight, or Awake at Midnight being, you know, to the flank of Ness might have hurt okay. nest chances just a little bit? And the fact that it was a slightly claustrophobic spot or really just no excuses?
3: No, actually, Howard, you just stole my thunder. I mean, this is one of the things I was going to ask you to point the stretch. The fact that I think Ness was bothered by the horse to the outside at Midnight. If you take a look, it takes it takes a little bit of a stutter step or a little bit of a slow step. Right there. Just a it's little
0: just, bit. I think right so. There. He wasn't ever getting to see. She wasn't ever getting to see.
2: No. Him, though. Don't we mean Desert Dawn? I was going
3: to say, I believe that's Desert, Desert Dawn? Dawn. I'm sorry. Desert. Oh, yeah, Desert I'm Dawn.
0: sorry. I, I, Wake at Midnight was in the eight bells, I think. I, yeah. I okay.
3: Yeah. Wake at Midnight. Desert Dawn. It's interesting because I had Thanks Desert for Dawn seconds put all over my tickets, So I was excited <laughs> for a minute.
0: There are only about 2,000 horses I handicapped this weekend. Thank you. Desert Dawn. Go ahead, Jim.
3: No, I thought it actually made a huge difference between horses right here. You know, and yeah. now you see Kathleen O start running, which is interesting to me.
0: Well, yeah. and I want to back up a little bit. And again, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk too long about this race. I don't know if you guys saw. I don't blame Castellano, but he definitely lost momentum. Watch the ten who <laughs> I needed. That was my top choice right here. He sort of lugs in, or uh, mm-hmm. this horse comes out. Watch, it's coming up here. He looks like he's she's got momentum, and then, it's again, it's coming. It's uh, right there. No, uh, I thought it was right right there. You see, he, he actually stopped. I'm not saying it costs her anything, but he actually stopped because either she was coming in or the nine was coming out. You see how he, he's like almost – look, he's given up right here pretty much. And then she comes out again. So it was very subtle. But, Kyle, to me, it might have made a slight difference maybe – uh, that cost, that horse third, I don't know. Maybe I'm nitpicking.
4: I was going to say, and maybe you're nitpicking, but at least for the minors, it definitely, because it almost looked like through the whole stretch, she was kind of lugging in as well. But, yeah, to your point about Echo Zulu earlier, I think, I mean, to run 22 and change and 45 and change and still finish with somewhat run down the lane, yeah, I still think that she ran a massive race for sure, and she's still one to look out for it going forward.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Now let me bring up the chart real quick. We're going to talk about the Oaks for about five more minutes, guys, then we're going to uh, move on. Uh, hold on one second. I've got the chart of the race somewhere as I, uh, talk through it. Okay. Maybe not. I know I do, but I got to find it. Oh, I know where it is. Sorry, guys. Um, well, anyway, well, that's the derby. Well, you
1: look, I'll just say, I I didn't love the ride from Castellano as someone who had Catalino. I I just thought if you're going to, if you're going to take all the time to get to the rail... And then you're going to swing all the way back outside. When you have a horse like that, that's the horse like you were talking about, Howard, where I think that horse is just better. When you hit the lane, when you come off the turn, I just want a straight shot with that horse. I don't want any fooling around. I don't want to be dancing between horses. I would almost would have just said, screw it and stay on the rail and, if you get blocked tough, but I mean, I, I think you took a lot of her momentum away and then she round, cause she's one of those who, you know, she seems. I don't know how big she is, but she just seems like she's one of those who wants to just get rolling and then just run a straight line. So I would have rather have her it's like six, seven wide and just from the jump and then just sweep. And if she doesn't get there, she doesn't get there, but I feel like he took her chance away a little bit. She probably wouldn't have won, but again, I would have rather in a, be- in a better spot to give her a shot at least.
0: Paul, I also, just my opinion, this is my opinion. I think Kathleen O's class might have been a little bit exposed. I mean, she really didn't face much in Florida, although she did it really well. If she was that good, I think she might have kicked on and, and done better. So I might have overestimated her talent. Is that is that? Do you agree with that, Paul, or no?
2: I agree 100%. Uh, you
0: know,
2: I I had a lot of good opinions this week on how it didn't translate into Dollars, but you know, at least I get to feel good. And one was that Echo Zulu, a mile and an eighth, and I agree she ran very well, but uh, I don't think a mile and an eighth is the right distance. And another was, I don't, I'm not sure that Kathleen O was that good. Now, she ran creditably to your point. Maybe she would have, I don't think she would have been better than fourth without that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not so sure that that Gulfstream form, uh, coming out of there, especially on the female side uh was, was strong at all.
0: By the way, the fa- the fastest final eighth, Shahama. I just want to bring that up to everyone. So another thing I was I, right I, about I, I knew I, I
2: like
0: that. I, I fell in love with Shahama too much. I'm really upset with myself. I blame no one but myself on that. I no, I thought anyway. she
1: was good. I thought she was I thought she was good. She just had a lot to do. I think i still I'm gonna bet her coming back. I don't I don't care. One okay. race doesn't one race doesn't change me on. I'm her. with
0: you, Pete. Pete, we're going down with, we're the, going down with the ship, baby. <laughs> uh real quick, guys, the fraction of this race, twenty-two and two, but listen to the middle quarters. 24, 24 and four. 25. So you wonder why did they bunch up on the turn, by the way, not too dissimilar from the Derby. That's why. And they came, they came home in 13, which is actually pretty decent. So once secret oath got the jump, no one was catching her is what I'm trying to say because she got the jump into those slow middle quarters. And again, I want to get into the minutia of the math. The other thing I want to bring up and I, and Hey uh, Howard,
1: real quick, before you move on from this screen, the one thing that I, when I looked at the times, like Kathleen's O second quarter there, the twenty two ninety two, that seemed a little brisk for me to use her. I know you had to use her to get into position, but that twenty two ninety two surprised me when I was just well, when I first looked at it. That just jumped out at me.
0: Well, that's what I. That's why I wanted. That's why I said that she had to be used because these things are hard yeah. to see on the video. But clearly, and I'm so glad you brought that up, Pete. This is why you guys got to look at the math. I don't mean when I say you guys, I don't mean the people. My guess. I mean people watching and listening. I mean twenty two and four. Second quarter is very fast for a horse that does her best running late, right? So, I mean, that that, that had to take a little bit of starch out of her. Uh, what I wanted to show, guys, and I uh, – is actually I want to go back to the video. Um, I wanted to show two spots on the turn because I wrote it down. Just for people watching going forward, I want you to watch the eight, Venti Valadine, and especially the two, Nostalgic. Everyone, watch the two and the eight. It's going to be the eight first and then the two. The eight – is going to completely check out Mm -hmm. the eight is right here and watch what happens to nostalgic right here. So Venti Valentine completely checks out, right? And now watch what happens to the two right here. Do you see this right here? Really steady back horribly. So again, these things are important to look at going forward. Again, there's Venti Valentine basically giving up and I I, got to go back a little further. I'll let it run. There's the eight checking out. And then I thought nostalgic had some run here guys, but then, um she had to check badly so again nostalgic actually went on to run on a little bit you can see venti valentine completely gave up and so again as we talk about these horses going forward um i would just if you if you like venti valentine or you like nostalgic don't give up on these horses there's reasons why they finish so poorly um that's the main things i want to talk about does anyone feel free to jump in uh, on the screen, about anything else you want to mention about the Oaks before we get to the Derby? I don't nope. think so. We're all good. All right. Congratulations, the Secret Oath, and the coach. I mean, it's a great story overall. I didn't. I was trying. I didn't. Didn't love the horse. I was wrong. Sia's gave a great ride. Uh, congratulations. I guess she's going to the Preakness, guys. I, I guess. Um, Pete, just because you're you've been sort of first, I don't. I don't think. She, I don't think she has a chance at hell. And if people are offended by that, I'm sorry. She had about a ninety. Two buyer i think i can go back i think it was I'll, I'll just i'll end with this whip around real quick whip around does 94. secret Oath have a, we don't know who's going to the to pre-dis exactly but quick quick whip around pete paul jim kyle can secret oath win the preakness pete
1: i mean i don't want to say no until you see the field but if the field is expected what is we've likely? seen i would say i would say Probably not. Although I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't give her no chance because I don't think monsters are necessarily going. So I, I think I think she'll have a chance, but I probably would be against her earlier.
0: By the way, the buyers are in the furthest left hand. What do you see in the furthest left? I'm sorry, guys. What do you see in the furthest <laughs> left hand column here is the buyer coming out of the Oats. Uh, Paul, the sh- secret oath in the pregnancy. what do you think? No. Paul, no. Uh, Jim. No. You know? Kyle, no. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna say no. Uh, so I apparently, uh, Pete's <laughs> the only one who thinks. Listen, Pete could be right. Well, we'll see. I, hey, it might she's just be a, like she's, five horses. Who nice knows? Horse. By
1: the time none of them will get there, <laughs> you never
0: know. She's a nice horse, but I don't think she's that good. I mean, I, I, I think the Arkansas Derby is a little bit of a telltale sign of where yeah. she fits. You know, I, I think she, she's the middle of the pack. Horse against the males, unless unless the field comes up really light. That's my opinion. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about the 140th running of the Kentucky Derby. Strap it in, everyone. Be be ready to put any comments you want in the live chat as long as they're not completely inappropriate. I understand. I know we have one particular panelist on the screen that wants to vent for sure, and I think his first name starts with a J. So we'll get to we'll get to you, Jim, in a little bit. Beautiful. Um, All right, let me, I need to set up a few things, and I have a few things I want to say. Um, First of all, first of all, um, I'm going to show two very short uh, videos. Uh, One is, and before I show this video, let me just say straight out, I'm not showing this video to give myself a pat on the back because I did not have the winner. But this is what keeps me sane, guys is that if you recall on the show Thursday, well, let's, let's go back and look what I said in general about what was going to happen in the Derby. Hold on one second. I've got to put up something. Uh, I want to put up, whoops, sorry. Hold on. Banners. I want to go to previously recorded. I've actually previously. Okay, here we go. So what are you about? I shouldn't show it yet. What you're about to see is about 30 seconds from this past Thursday show, and I'm going to go full sound here. This is me basically summing up what I felt would happen in this year's Kentucky Derby. Again, this is from Thursday. One second. I could be completely wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I know it goes against what's been happening in the last five, six, seven, eight years since they switched to the Derby points. There's just too much speed in this race, and there one there's cheap speed, which there has not been in a lot of these derbies. You got Summers tomorrow is is cheap speed. What does Classic Causeway can do? Not go. I mean, the owner just wants to hear their name called. I see a very fast pace, and I see craziness on the turn, and I'm favoring closers in this race. And if I'm wrong, that's fine. Obviously, I like Epicenter, but I like Zandon and Modanigo. I think they are by far the two best closers in this race. And that's who I'm using the most. I even would throw in a complete bomb in the super like Barber road to come from way back and clunk up for third and fourth. I do not think is impossible at all. I also like simplification a little bit as a price for that reason. I think simplification will be further back than he has been. I'm looking for a uh, bombers in this race. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> There was a bomber, guys. Uh, I'll say that. And then what <laughs> happened? Uh, this is what happened. <laughs>
1: this is what so yes. <laughs> happened.
0: Uh, wow. I don't even know what to say. So, you know, guys, sometimes it, it, it's good to know—at least for me that I was correct about the pace situation. A lot of people, a lot of people, and again, I'm not throwing shade at anyone or saying I'm right all the time. I'm just saying that sometimes when you're wrong, uh, you can still be right and wrong and you can feel good about your handicapping in general. Uh, So there's no way that the only thing I really regret, let me take the previous. The only thing I really regret guys is honestly, I didn't even know that the winner was in the race until midday, Friday when I got home from work, or late day Friday when I got home from work, and I really didn't look at the horse that much. If I looked at the horse, I'm not going to say he would have won. That'd be a complete fucking lie. But if I looked real carefully at the horse, and I did think there was a pace meltdown, at best, at best, I would have had him fourth. I think I would have thrown him in our super. I really do, as a complete bomb underneath, because he really wasn't that much slower than Barber Road, guys. I mean, when you really look at it. So anyway but there's no way I would to have this horse on the wind end. and to say that would have been absolutely flat out completely stupid let's talk about the race guys and again I'm gonna go in the same order Pete we're gonna go through this racing and we're gonna end at nine o'clock guys so we're not going to show every single step of this race the uh, 148th Kentucky Derby Pete I thought in general um, the start was I don't let me just I'm gonna I want to make sure the sound is off so I'm gonna bring it back on I didn't want I don't want the sound to be on okay the sound is off good Okay, I thought in general, Pete, it was a it was a pretty even start, but we do need to talk about Zan and the town in the middle. Uh, Pete, go ahead and talk about anything you'd like to at the start of this race as I run it.
1: Yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, hey, my man John Burke in the chat, haven't seen you in years. Um, yeah, my biggest surprise from the break was Classic Causeway because at first we thought. Oh, this is the the speed duel we need is going to be classic causeway in summer and tomorrow. So if they don't break, if what, as we said this, I think on the show last week, if one of them doesn't break, we may not get the speed duel that we're looking for. And it might not be as hot up front. Luckily, summer is tomorrow and Crown Pride said, screw that. We're going to we're going to do it for you. We don't need classic causeway. So I thought that was interesting right from the start. But then once you see the first quarter, then you don't care. Cause you're like, well, the first quarter hits, I know the closes are gonna be coming. I just hope it's the ones that I have on top.
0: Paul, I talked about Zandon. We all talk about Zandon ad nauseum, And I had said that I was a little concerned that he doesn't break great. And you know, he broke in this race exactly how he's been breaking his entire career. He, it just takes him like a step or two to really get going. And he did have trouble, Paul, but in my personal opinion, And feel free to comment. I don't think that actually cost him the race. I actually thought it wasn't as bad as it could have been. What was your feeling on Zan and here the 10 and his start as I run it through again?
2: Uh, Well, as someone who was like yourself, Howard, really locked into him on the wagering end. I thought he got jostled around pretty good, you know, which at the beginning of the Kentucky Derby. You're always going to have horses get jostled around. You can see it right there. Pioneer Medina comes in a little. Chazit comes out charge a little. it came
0: out a little bit. I thought, Paul, more than Char- than Pioneer Chazit,
2: who was well, charge it, You know, again, was just bright lights. Right um, there,
0: sort of shut him off. Yeah. So yeah,
2: he did get. You know, didn't. It, it, it's hard to say it cost him anything. You, you know, you look at where he was on the far turn, and
0: you know.
2: How much, how much would you have increased your bet on Zandon if you could have bet at the top of the stretch, right? Well, so. when he
0: was here, when he was right here, I was very happy. I know he got a – I expected him to get a little bit of a rough start, Paul. Sorry to interrupt you. But when he was – remember the – the. Uh, hold on a second. I'll show you something else real quick, guys. Remember this from uh, – hold on. I got to show it. Let me see if I can find it. Give me a second here. Ah, uh, I can't. Okay, anyway. Uh, I was going to show the uh, formulator. Anyway, remember, guys, we looked at the formulator uh, pace projecting, and it had Zanin all the way in the back, and we, right. we were debating that. This is exactly where I thought Zanin would be. I thought he had more tactical speed. So if you ignore the first five seconds, which I know is stupid, Paul, you had to be happy where Zanin was. He's mid-pack. There's really no one around him. He's he's on the inside, right?
2: And if you look at where everyone else is, how at least at this point, you know, it, it – it looks like he might get an okay trip, uh, and you know you got Pratt. You know, yeah, I agree with you. How? I mean, what's he
0: about eight lengths off here? Yeah, uh, following up, following up at center. By the way, also right.
2: Which was uh, if you listened, uh, if you listened uh, to uh, Pratt, uh, who was interviewed at Belmont Park on Sunday. Uh, yes, I was betting on Sunday. I was not afraid to get back on the horse. <laughs> Me either. Um, uh, you know, he told Richie Migliori that that was their strategy. You know, they obviously thought they that was the horse they had to beat. The more that I looked at the race, that's what I thought too. I was a, I was a little skeptical of Epicenter, and then I came around and, and I said, you know what, it's gonna be these two are gonna run one two. And you know, barring uh the, the, the miracle on 21st Street,
0: that they, they would have some some people have been commenting, uh, Jim, that Modongo got a bad start. Did I miss mm-hmm. something? I don't think he got that bad a start at the inside. Let me watch this again.
3: No, I don't think so either, Howard. I think more Donovan well, he, at the start he always gets. Well, he, he, stutter, the he stutter stepped a little bit, but but he's just a slow starter in
0: general, right? I mean, he wasn't bothered. He did it on his own. He was a step slow out of the gate, but that's who, that's who he is. He doesn't get bothered here, really, right? I mean, not really.
3: No. I actually I mean, thought Mo Donovan had no excuse the entire race. I think he ran his race and just wasn't good enough.
2: He's, a, he's ahead of Rich Strike at that point, Howard. Uh, 200 yards in the race. Okay. Yeah, I wait, nobody can complain. Sep- nobody look can complain. The,
0: yeah, look at the separation between Zandon and Mo Donegal. I mean, right. what what is that? Seven lengths, guys? I mean, I whatever. I don't want to sound like a know-it-all, but we, I talked about this many times. I thought Modongo was an absolute flat-out dead closer and that Zandon mm-hmm. had more natural speed. Kyle, um, who was your top choice this is Kyle? And what were you thinking? I'll let it run now. Kyle, what were you thinking on the first turn?
4: I mean, I loved it. I mean, granted, you know, the barring the start, I thought Zandon got a great trip, uh, going into the first turn, at least, for sure. I was on I was on Zandon. I had Zandon, Epicenter, and Messi were my top three picks. You know, okay. obviously, when the chalk went when the chalks swans. I win, of course, everyone knows that, but um yeah, I was very, I was very happy going into the first turn. And honestly at the top of the stretch as well,
0: by the way, uh, I have no idea what I think it was Tyler G on white Barrio. I mean, he was an absolute no man's land the entire race right here. Mm-hmm. And Pioneer Medina, those two got especially wide trips. I, I think we're to see it on the, yeah, right here. These two right here, if you guys can see my cursor there, this is right here. This is Pioneer Medina. And this is why the bar completely no man's land had absolutely uh, no chance at all. Um, I, I, I guess I, I buried the lead a little bit, Pete. I know we had a lot of people all bring us on screen for a second. Uh, we had a lot of people complain um, just on Twitter and other places that two French foreign horse two French jockeys and foreign horses, you will know, basically create all this mess Um, it's hard for me to disagree about that. I mean, does that make you bitter? I mean, how do you feel about that in general, Peter? Do you think it would have been fast anyway, if those guys didn't decide to go like they did?
1: No, I think they made it fast, but I, I like this. I like, this reminds me of the, I wasn't, I wasn't against the old way when there was some crap cheap speed in there because I just felt like it made the race fair. Who the hell wants to watch the Derby every year where you just have to be in first or second and whoever gets the break and whoever gets the cleanest trip just wins it just makes it no fun i aside from losing a crap load of money on this race i thought it was an awesome race because down the stretch there was actually some activity and there was actually some drama and some intrigue um so i i enjoyed it i mean maybe what they did wasn't Best for overall. I mean, obviously, it wasn't best for their horses. And if depending on who you had, if you had Messier getting burned into that, and having Crown Pride getting burned into that suicide pace, then you're pissed. But overall, I, I loved it. Can I before we move on? I just want to make ask a question to the group on Zandon Zandon's one who's sort of a monster closer. Maybe not like a plotting one runner like Mo Donegal, you know, sort of a, a big lumbering closer. But yeah. I wondered a little bit if. Either, either the following, toward what Paul mentioned, like the plan to follow Epicenter, or just the fact that, hey, the, the, the noise has always been, you have to be close. You have to be close, hitting the lane. I wondered if they used Zandon a bit much, because all the closers who actually finished well, they came from the back and they didn't try to get up too close, not because they probably not tried, They just couldn't. But I wondered if that's what hurt him where he got used a little much trying to follow epicenter and get a really good position. And then it took a little bit of starch out of his late kick because he just didn't have it. He should have went by. I thought Um, obviously epicenter ran a monster race, but Zandon, he was in position to do it and just sort of flattened out for someone who looked like could potentially be such a monster closer.
0: Paul was was Zandon too close to the pace.
2: I don't think so. I I get it, Pete. Uh, you know, I I think though with twenty
0: horses. They oh, fell. Jim! Jim's getting the you. No, my again. head's about
3: to explode right here. Let's hey, go,
0: Paul, to Jim. Paul, let's go to Jim. <laughs> Paul, I have to. I hate to interrupt you, but Jim looks like his his head's about to explode. So I have to go, it, go to Jim Pilar's. Let's Jim. Go. The floor is yours. Go. Thank you.
3: Give Give me two minutes to rant because, <laughs> Pete. I love you. I Hold hate on a last second.
0: Comments. Here we go. Paul, go ahead, Jeff.
3: This race was completely ruined by summer's tomorrow. This brought nightmares to me back of the derbies of the 1980s, 90s, and 2000s. I mean, Paul and I go back probably the same amount of time. Pete and Power probably a little bit younger. I mean, everybody remembers a firm beating Aladar in the derby. That was a 10-horse race with the best horses in the race. They ruined this race in 1981 when they expanded to 20 horses, and they ruined it by constantly having this cheap speed, this spinner speed in there. I was tired in the 1980s, 90s, and 2000s of watching fantastic horses like Point Given, maybe the best horse I've ever seen getting burned to the quarter from the 20 hole, five wide by these cheap sprinters that had no business in the race. A Fleet Alex, the the, the, the hat that Paul's wearing, maybe the best horse uh, never to win the Derby. Uh, uh, Curling, same thing, big fields, bottleneck, horses that don't belong. You wanna have a Kentucky Derby, give me a dozen of the best routers on dirt, let them go at it, and give me a fair race. They did a better job when they went to the point system. The point system eliminated the sprinters. You have to run in route races to qualify. You can't run in these five and six for long sprints, accumulate enough dollars, and then want to get in the derby and just run a half mile like hell and ruin the front runners. I mean, the front – I wanted you to come back to that picture. I wanted you to come back to that picture, Howard, because this – talk about Zanin and Paul saying he wasn't too close to the pace. Horses, these are young horses, they're like teenagers. You know, they're they're probably what, 14, 15 years old compared to what an an American would be. They've only run five, six, seven, eight times, and they're trained a certain way. And a front runner, a horse that stalks or is near the front, he's only run one way to that point. So when you've got an idiot like like uh Whoa (laughs) Mikhail Barcelona,
2: Jim, let me help you. Summer is tomorrow.
3: Fastest quarter in Derby history, second fastest in Derby history. The front runners the horses don't know any better. I'm supposed to run with the horses on the front or near. I'm supposed to be on the front. So they're not actually going to want to run with that horse. The jockey's got two choices. I've got to pull the horse back and choke him, or I've got to go to the front with that horse. Either way, the horse is done. As far as far And it, it filters through the whole rest of the field. Look where Zandon is right now. Okay, Zandon wants to run 8, 10 lengths off the lead. He's thinking that the, an honest half is going to go 48. He's going to hit the, the half in about 50, and that'll give him enough energy to run the last three quarters of the mile. Well, because they run 45 to the half, he's seven, eight lengths off of a 45 pace. He's crossing that half-mile mark in 47. is right in front of him. He's crossing that half-mile mark, what, 46 and change? There's no way that these that, that was planned out, and it took too much starch out of these horses. The okay. front of the race was won by horses that couldn't keep up with the pace, that came from 25 lengths off. I mean, if Zandon runs 50 to the half, he's, he's 25, 30 lengths behind the field, no way he's going to get I think
0: your two minutes is
3: a I mean, but, you know, it's continuous. I I'm hated the Derby in the 90s and 2000s. I, I don't want the cheap speed in there. I, I, I think this race was completely, completely ruined by, by the pace of the race. And, and great horses like Zandon Epicenter, horses that were mid-pack, they were way too close, used too much energy the first half of the race, and just didn't have enough to hold off a, a cow like, like, like Ridge Strike at the end. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, Howard, Jim. if, if rant, I could Jim. help, I
2: love it. If I could help make Jim's point, the horse we might have to go old, past nine o'clock now, guys. By <laughs> the way, if you're willing, <laughs> the horses who were one through five after six furlongs, okay, yep. finished fifteenth, thirteenth, twentieth, tenth, yep. and that's why Epson is a monster. He finished second.
3: Absolutely. So Zandon. This summer is tomorrow. Watch the end of the race. This poor horse is 20th. He's walking through the finish line. They ruined this thing.
2: Uh, Here you go, guys. There's a difference between being a speed horse and having to go to the lead and 21 and 3, okay? There is a zero. If summer is tomorrow, let's say he doesn't go to the lead, he's second, Okay maybe there's a 1% chance he could still win the race. Maybe not. I can tell you at 21-3, and 3, there is a 0.000% chance anyone is going wire to wire at a mile and a quarter. So Mikhail gorbachev Bazalona, okay, rode his horse in a manner in which he physically could not. Win the race.
3: Absolutely, he ruined the race, Paul. And you know, they say, well, maybe these front runners should have realized that, and they should have been ten lengths off and only went twenty-three to the half. Well, you know, Classic Causeway tried that. He didn't go to the front. He sat what fourteenth to the half, and he ran eleventh. That's what you're going to get. Front runners just have to be on the front. You know, you, you can't rate them. Yeah. Um, and again, if, if, I, you've got a, if you've got a quarter horse going twenty-one to that, that's just silly. May,
0: may I? Can I jump in? And then, Kyle, I know you want to. guys. We might go past. Listen, we have, I don't know if you guys can see this on the screen. We have 275 people watching on YouTube alone. Plus uh, this is a huge audience. Thank you so much for watching tonight guys. Again, I'm gonna do. I, I'm gonna make it just a decision since this is uh, my show, which I know sounds a bit arrogant, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. We're gonna go past nine. We've got great conversation. I think the people at home are loving the conversation, Jim. I think we. A lot of people agree with you. We also have people in the comments that uh, that don't agree with you. That is completely okay. I'm alright with that. Uh, you guys know what's on the screen here, by the way. Do you guys know what this is? Anyone know? Anyone watching at home, feel free to comment. What does? What do I have on the screen right now? It's the... That's
1: where the top five say at yeah. the start or at the These, quarter. Or no, yeah, start the, probably. The, yes.
0: This is at the quarter, in order, the top six finishers of this race. Rich Strike was 17th, uh, and then the uh, epicenter was 8th. Zandon was 13th. Let's see if I have got it all memorized here. Simplification, right? Simplification was, was 15th. Mo was nineteenth and Barbara Road was twentieth. So I we all know the pace collapse, but when I, when that was sent out I think by Craig Wolkowski of Time Form, I was like, Holy cow, is that unbelievable? Jim, I, I I wanna comment if I may just for a minute. Sure, I've got a couple comment. more
3: comments too. Go ahead. And I
0: I love <laughs> this might be Jim's last no, I'm just kidding. Huh. Uh <laughs> No, no, not know. I love the passion, Jim. I asked for it, so that's great. And Kyle, I promise you'll get to go after I'm done. Sorry, Kyle. I, I'm good. Jim, I got to push back on two things. And you sure. can call me. Anyone in the chat can say I'm wrong. That's absolutely fine. Uh, Christoph Lemaire on the seven, Crown Pride, is part of the issue. You didn't even mention him. But hold on, well, let that, me finish. I'm going to come to this. You're like my students. Let Mr. Kravitz finish. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Listen, summer tomorrow went crazy, but if, if Chris Offlamere on Crown Pride, if they had any sense of the pace, which, by the way, it's a jockey's job, including the jock on Zandon, and I love Flavian, love Flavian. they guys, These guys have a clock in their head, right, gentlemen? This is their job. It is their job to know that they're going that fast. I understand that you might have felt like Jim and others that Zandon was too close to the pace. It is their job to figure that shit out. And it is Maire's job on the 7 and Crown Pride to say, hey, this uh, my Frenchman counterpart is going 21 and 4. Maybe I shouldn't press the pace. So it's their job to figure that out. I mean, so to me, yeah, Summer Tomorrow went crazy fast, but they didn't have to go with him. They could have backed up a little bit is, is my one point. My other point real quick in terms of the point, Jim, you were a bit counterintuitive because you said you don't want sprinters in the derby. Um, but summer's tomorrow did get what second in the, or whatever. The U- the in the U- hey, was,
3: yeah. Howard, let me, let me,
0: well, but hold on. U- he did. He, <laughs> okay. uh, you could, you can make the argument that he shouldn't have earned the points. If that's the argument, right. I understand, but he did earn the points. So you can't say that he didn't earn the points. He, in the, he earned the points in, in a long distance two-turn race and made Don. If you want to make the argument that that should not have counted for as many points to me, that's a different argument, but he did earn his points in a two-turn race. That's all I want to say. Jim, I'm going to let you respond. I'm going to let you respond, Jim. But I do want to let Kyle have a quick comment. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah. Well,
4: that's, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with any Like, – I'm not really disagreeing with any of the things. But, um, And I was going to bring up the jockeys. It is the jockey's job. But I don't want to take anything away from – I know the chat's going crazy about it right now. I don't want to take anything away from Sonny Leone going up and being able to weave and knife through those horses. I don't want to take anything away from that. It's no. The overhead view is one of the best things I've ever seen in this sport. It's mm. so good. But I don't want to take anything away from the jockeys. But especially, um, I love Christoph Lemaire. Like, the things that he's done in Europe in the past two years is unbelievable. He's very but, good. Um, like I said, I don't want to take anything away from the jockeys, but I also don't
3: disagree with the point.
0: Okay, Jim, you retort, and I'm going to go back to the video. Go ahead, Jim.
3: Well, I think the UAE... UAE is Whoa. a joke for a prep race. Okay. There that's are not a enough. Argument, bu- there are enough. Call- argument what you were saying. Well, you, you said record. that you know he earned his way in a two two-turn race summers well. tomorrow. That's because he's running against turf horses and poly horses. There aren't enough good well. dirt horses in Europe that can even give him a run. He was on his hands and knees in that UAEW to cross the finish line. He was a sprinter. Those turf races just couldn't get the you know, get the acceleration and the dirt that they usually do. Okay. I mean, you've got a race that you know is what maybe two or three legitimate dirt horses in it i mean it, it your horse Mishrif, you know one in in in, in uh, saudi arabia he's a he's a turf horse um again he was running against horses that that that, that don't run on dirt. the reason they have the race i think in maidan is because there probably isn't a quality dirt track in europe to run it you know they don't have dirt horses in europe i mean 90 percent of the horse races are run on turf and, and synth okay. you, you want to fix if you want to fix this i think that they should change the point system where you've got to earn points in at least two prep races in order to qualify for the Derby. By
0: the way, Tom makes a good point, uh, Jim. What what about the Jeff Ruby 6? That's a synthetic race.
3: Number one, they should have dirt races only. You should have to earn points in at least two of the prep races. You just can't run second in in some race. And some of these early races got to be moved up. I mean, some horses slob into a third in a December prep race and gets 10 points, gets in the Derby. Those are filler horses. They don't need to be there. They should have a minimum 20, 25 points, whatever it may be. And if you don't have a 20 horse field because not enough horses made the minimum, perfect. You know, give me a 14, 15, 16 horse field with all quality horses that belong. That are route horses.
2: Excuse me, Jim. The point about the Jeff Ruby stinks I was just about to make. and you know, that's, again, if you want a villain there, it's Churchill Downs. The only reason the Jeff that's Ruby nice, stakes nice. is 100 points to the winner, 170-point race, is
0: Churchill bought
2: Turfway. Okay. <laughs> that's there's what matches. No wa- I was just going to say. Our,
0: yeah. M- yeah, Mitch and Mitch the comments, Mitch, fantastic yeah. job. You just stole the words right out of Paul's mouth. <laughs> yeah.
2: So there's no way that you could argue that the Jeff Ruby stakes should have the exact same impact as the Florida Derby, the Arkansas Derby, the Santa Anita Derby. I
0: agree. So th- th-
2: that's just stupid. You know, for example, the Lexington, which is kind of the last chance. It's run at Keeneland, uh, you know, two weeks before the Derby. What is that like, forty points to the winner or twenty points to the winner? I think it's twenty. Uh, you know it's it's an outlier the, right the so the reason, jeff yeah. ruby stakes because they own the track it's a hundred points to the winner it's on synthetic it's insanity you, you know you saw what good it did tis the bomb who uh, i i had another opinion i was right about and I, it doesn't translate to dollars but people <laughs> who like that horse going a mile and a quarter on dirt i think howard you might have been in that camp i don't want to sling any hours i'm sorry Tiz the again? bomb who had absolutely no chance in the race i thought he was a bit interesting thing. yeah He 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 was. was. He finished an interesting ninth.
3: Paul, that's why you need a horse racing czar. And I nominate myself, czar (laughs) Pilars. I mean, I should be running horse racing. I'll get rid of these hundred-point races. I'll make this Derby, you know, what it should be, what it could be. That's why Uh, the Breeders' Cup is so so much better. So much better than than the Derby weekend. I love the Breeders' Cup. Legitimate horses that belong in every race. Honest racing.
0: This Derby's a Hey, okay. hey all, right. all right, Howard. Howard,
1: you mind? I have a, I actually have a.
0: <laughs> I, hey, Jim. I think you should really. Uh, Jim, you really have to be, you know, much more direct with your opinions. I really. We don't. And, really and I'm, sure the, I'm sure in
3: the. I'm sure in the comments section, they're saying, sour grapes. You lost in the race. I won. I fluked into a race. I don't know if P remembers, but in the comments section, I mentioned I had a three-horse exacta box in the futures: Taba, Zandon, and Epicenter. Well, I really didn't have Taba because he was an enlisted horse. So I have right, all the, the other three-year-olds. Other. is how I covered. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> so what happens? Rich Strike wins. My bet cashes. Rich Strike is an all other three-year-old. I actually bet <laughs> a ten-dollar executive ticket. That is. I'm freaking still angry about the race.
0: That's, awesome. that's hilarious. Uh,
3: hey, I'm, that, right. I'm that guy that won on the race that that everybody makes fun of. All
0: right, go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. I'm going to run this through as uh, as Messier adds to the pace here and makes. I don't know why. I guess because he saw a hole, he decided to go ahead. But go go ahead, Paul. Well,
2: yeah, yeah. again, you know, Johnny V is going to have this. Host. I think we talked last week, Howard, that he might be on the lead at some point. I, I agree with what everyone's saying. The Crown Pride ride is a little mysterious to me, even though he said, well, he's on the lead in the far turn. But I don't think anyone who played Crown Pride was playing him to be leading the race coming home. Um, yeah, but Pete, my friend Pete, makes a great point right off the top what happened to classic causeway, you know, that changed the whole dynamic. Cause if, if God knows if he had gone, what the pace might, might've been, but you know, I think crown pride went because he didn't, I, I don't know what anyone else thinks, but I think crown pride kind of defaulted into that other pace setter role, but I use Messier a lot. And I, you know, I think he ran pretty well. I, I, I you know, he, he ended up down in whatever, uh, 15th. Cause he was actually on the lead at the six furlong mark, and he got cooked in that pace. But I think going forward, um, I, I'm not uh, I'm not going to jump off the Messier skates. Get it?
0: I I want to freeze it right <laughs> here because uh, I thought Barber Road, who's right here, gave a great ride by Reilu and actually forced the hand of O'Donnell a little bit. To me, if you're a fan of Modongle, you want Modonigal right here and at Barber Road here, because Modonigal, as we're going to see, he tried to like angle out and he just didn't have the momentum to get there. Um, I think because of Barber Road, who, who ran a very nice race. I'm going to let it. Uh, by the way, here's Rich Strike. I don't care if it's Sonny Leone, you, me, Jerry Bailey. This was an unbelievable ride. Anyone that says I got to put myself on the screen. I know there's a lot of hatred out there. A lot of people, obviously Jim has a strong opinion as do others about many things in this race. I didn't want rich strike to win by any measure, but if you cannot applaud the ride by Sonny Leon, you just don't understand horse racing. I'm sorry. This was an unbelievable ride by a German German jockey who was running at Belterra for like eight claimers. Mm-hmm. His first, first graded stakes, that he ever won, not even a grade, forget the grade one. Does his first grade six win on this stage, he's right here waiting patiently to split. And then we're going to see later where he gets around Messier, in my opinion, the entire key of the stretch run. I mean, uh, Paul, uh Pete, th- this, this ride by Sonny Leon was just absolutely spectacular. There's no way to say it either way, at least in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, actually I have a hard stop at nine, but I'll, I'll say that I agree with you. I mean, you can be mad at a million different things and I was pissed when the when it happened, but the ride was unbelievable. And I mean, he just did what you're supposed to do. He saved all the ground. He used his horse. He weaved, he bobbed, he he took the shortest the path of least I mean, not least resistance because he had to go around like three horses, but he just didn't kill himself going from the rail all the way outside. A horse like Mo Donegal, who again, he's one of those I want right, to get that at, engine. Yeah. I want to get that engine running though. And yeah, now he has a straightaway, but he sort of had to weave his way out and get to that position yeah. where I almost thought Mo Donegal should have had, like you said, I thought he should have had the rich strike trip a little bit. Yeah. And so it just well, took his chance there. And if, again, if it doesn't work fine, but do what your horse should be able to do best. And what it looks like on paper, he should be able to do best. And what we've seen in his races do best.
0: Oh, well, this reminds me of the Oaks, because again, I, you know, turf horses can handle that, okay? Dirt horses, to me, they don't want someone right on their flank. They're just not used to it. They don't like it. And the fact you can see right here, the fact that Barber Road was, they were basically scraping paint against each other here, that does not help either one of them. I thought that did help hurt them a little bit, but really Mo Donegal was just too far back. Now, right here, um, and, and, and uh, Paul, this is your turn to jump in. I don't know what you felt right now, Paul. I thought it was Epicenter or Zandon. Like, I would have bet 90% of my money on one of those two. I was looking wide. Personally, my eyes were out here. It just like seemed like they were too wide and too far back. And I looked inside here, and, of course, I really didn't see anyone in here that I was too concerned about. So, Paul, what were you thinking at this point?
2: I was thinking I had Epicenter and Zandon boxed in the Exactor and Future Pool 4 with the, lowest, the lower of the $2 payoffs being $427. Yeah. And I was thinking I had them boxed on Saturday. And I was thinking I had Zandon flat in the future pool and on Saturday and on top in the try. I was thinking I had a good chance to win, Howard, like a lot of other people.
0: I, I want to I, Mar- Hey, Mark, I really appreciate your comment. I don't want to throw shade at Sonny Leon because I just said that he gave one of the best rides I've ever seen. But to say that, you know, he's in the same breath as the top jockeys now in the top jockeys in the country, or, you know, to say any horse he needs again to be taken seriously, Marka, I think that's a bit do all due respect, a bit of an exaggeration. I mean, he gave this horse an unbelievable ride, but if you match him up with, if you put him at Naira with decent horses, I'm sorry. I think Flavian and the Ortiz brothers, you know, in size, are gonna out are gonna outride him. That's just my uh, personal opinion. Here's the key to the race, guys. In my opinion, mm-hmm. right here, right, this this move right here to get around, not check, not to try to get queued up the inside like Calvin Burrell to angle out here was absolutely fantastic and
3: really probably led to his victory. Uh, would you not say, Jim? Yeah, actually, I don't want to take anything away from Sonny Leon. That was I've been watching Triple Crown races for. At least forty five years and that may have been the best single ride I've seen in a in a big race. Um every move made was perfect. And there were there were two or three big moves that had to be made and each if each one didn't work out perfectly, that horse was not gonna win. So um my vent is not against the the the, the jockey or, or even the horse. It's no we understand it's just the circumstances of the race.
0: Um, Kyle, let's talk about I think this is a great freeze frame because you got the top what eight horses uh, top seven horses right here. Um we're not going to go back and continually watch these replays over and over. I want to mention two horses we haven't mentioned, or one horse. Here. Tawnyport is right here. Tawnyport ran a big race. I was completely wrong. I didn't think he'd you know, come back this well after a two-week break. Now, again, the pace didn't work out very well, Kyle, but he's still got to run his race. I mean, where do you see him fitting in this 3 old crop? Is this just an aberration, or do you think maybe he's actually better than we give him credit for?
4: I was in your boat going to the derby i i didn't think again especially running after the two weeks from the lexington but I didn't think he had really i thought he was just too slow frankly but again whether the pace meltdown or happened or whatever you still got to give the horse credit the horse ran a big race and whether he fits um like i said i'd not i'm gonna personally play against him because like i said i think he's going to be the one that benefits from pace scenarios like this in certain races but like i said all all credit due to the horse that you know picked up what he could.
0: No, I think it's an excellent point. Uh, uh, This is Simplification. We're not going to show the replay. Simplification got a great ride. Uh, Oh, Pete went off. Okay. Uh, Paul, Simplification got a great ride uh, right here. Uh, Finished a good fourth. Dead closers, though, I mean, going forward, these horses are going to be overbet in two weeks, aren't they?
2: Well, they're going to really
0: be over bed in four <laughs> weeks in the Belmont
2: because it's mm-hmm. the exact strategy you don't want to have in the Belmont. And I will tell you this about Zanden Howard. If he were a little too close in this race, he's going to be very tough to beat in the Belmont because you need to have a little bit of tactical speed at that mile and a half. And the fact that Pratt could have got him in this race uh, behind that type of pace, then... Uh, I'm not so sure what they're gonna do, what Chad's gonna do with them, but I I think he may not go to the Preakness, and because he has early voting, and uh, I will be coming right back with him in the Belmont, because you can't come from last in the Belmont Stakes.
0: Period. Uh, by, <laughs> by the way, I just did a major host f up. That I that the comment in the chat, guys, was for you guys. So oh, no one leave the show. Don't leave the show. I meant to put that. In, I meant that put in. I meant to put that in a private chat. I saw
4: that. Oh I my saw goodness. It.
0: All right, everyone. Watch everyone who just saw my chat. I'm a complete knucklehead. I we have there's a private chat. I was trying to talk to my uh, to, the, to the to my co-hosts and guests here. Completely apologize, guys. I'll, I and I can't delete it because I'm the host. <laughs> I got to laugh at myself. Sorry, guys. Anyway, don't leave. Don't leave. Anyone, don't leave. Um, yeah, they're they're gonna be overbet. This is Barber Road right here. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take this off the screen, and I want to say. I have two quick – I won't call them vents, but I have two things I want to say that uh, I saw some people comment on that I just want to clarify, okay? This is not venting. Uh, two things that as a – what I believe a selfishly a pretty good handicapper, and I know I understand the math, there's two things that I want to comment on. Number one, the all button. Can we talk about this for a second? Because I saw a lot of people on Twitter – showing all their wonderful all buttons and their picks let me just say this to everyone who is who wants to hear my opinion first of all congratulations to anyone congratulations to anyone that had a rich strike i'm really happy for you it's a great story it's a miracle run blah 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 i'm so happy for anyone that had rich strike so i'm not knocking that here's what i do want to say in general in general the all button is a losing proposition that is not a uh respectfully that's not even an opinion that's a fact i went back and looked the last 30 kentucky derbies okay the last 30 kentucky derbies if you bet two dollars to win on every horse in the race in the last 30 kentucky derbies you only profit seven times that's only the last 30 years now look i understand This is not sour grapes. I lost. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Whatever. It's okay. I'm not as mad as Jim is, but I understand his anger. The all all button is not a winning proposition. And Paul, you've been at this a long time. I hope to God that because of this, everyone's going to start hitting the all buttons in these big races. Because I know me and probably you and maybe Jim or Kyle, I don't know, will profit off of that. I know this horse was 80-1 to and he won. And it's a great story. But this race was a complete aberration. It was an anomaly. It's an outlier. For those of you that are inexperienced, it is not the way to win money at the track by hitting the all button. That's just number one, I want to say. And then number two, I saw a few people on Twitter and other ways and and comments to my video angry but not about what Jim said that this horse was like drugged or some kind of nefarious activity. Guys, that's a bunch of BS. Until I don't know Eric Reed the trainer personally. I want to say this publicly. I do not know Eric Reed the trainer personally. From all accounts I've heard, he's a good guy. Until we hear about something, just because you're mad at Baffert or whatever, or, Jay, or Jason Service or other people, don't smear uh, Eric Reed's and and the connections unbelievable performance because you're upset about what's happened in the past. I have no idea about anything about this horse. I'm going to assume that he's clean. Anyone that says that he was on drugs or he was butting the pony after the race, Eric Reed talks about that. He said the horse is not used to passing 20 horses. He thought his job wasn't done yet. The pony grabbed him up quickly, more quickly than normal because that's what the pony does for the winner of the Kentucky Derby. And Rich Strike thought his job wasn't done yet and he wanted to run by that horse. So, Paul, I just want to make those two things very clear. The all button in general in general, is not a winning proposition. And if you're saying that Rich Strike was like on drugs or some kind of ridiculous nonsense, I'm sorry, Paul. I got a major problem with that. Okay, I said my piece. Paul, go ahead.
2: Uh, I agree on both counts, Howard. Uh, Although, you know, you look at the, the way the all button works is if you can anticipate this type of meltdown and, and, you really don't know who might benefit from it. I think in this race, you're thinking, okay, if the race is run like that, Zandon and Mo Donegal are going to run one, two. I know Howard's trying to drive guests off, and thank God Thomas <laughs> ignores them like the rest of them. I feel like this is the second time I've now done this in 40 hours. <laughs> but So my point is, if, if you handicap the race, and, and, and you know, I, I was going to say this, Howard, after you get over the frustration and the anger and you know whatever you want to call it the disappointment you say geez are we put all that time in i was on the air with howard about 92 hours last week and you know all that stuff i think the handicapping was almost perfect it, the race to me ran exactly the way i thought it would go until the last 50 feet okay i i, I thought that in the stretch it was going to be Zandon and Epicenter battling it out. And and that's how I bet the race. So, you know, handicapping wise, now the Oaks, I didn't like Secret Oath. I thought the Arkansas Derby, they crawled home. They came 26 and three. I didn't care if they were boys, girls, mixed. They just, I thought, I just didn't think it was a good race. Secret Oath, hats off to the coach. I was wrong about her. We weren't wrong about Zandon and Epicenter we just no. lightning. It's, it, you got a better chance of being struck by lightning than this horse winning the race. So, you know, and as far as not Reed,
0: true, but that Technically not true, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll
2: tell
0: I'll you what. You Paul, let me ask you a question. Paul, let me ask This is an honest question, Honestly forget about the 80 to one what what odds it's so hard to do this but let's just we're having fun right by the way again the viewership has been tremendous tonight i love all the comments in the chat thank you so much for joining us tonight paul what odds do you think you should have been honestly in this race
2: i would say about 250 to one
0: i would i, have said about five, I would thought. have said about 500 to one but mm-hmm. I, I think yeah mm-hmm. what's the chance of being struck by lightning <laughs> someone look it up and put it in the chat what are the chances of being struck by lightning <laughs>
2: Yeah. My my point is again as know. far
0: as Eric Reed goes you know
2: as far as we know it's a great hey look i you know what i do ho and i write about this stuff okay no, it's I a know. great story it's a great narrative the the poor guy lost 23 horses in a barn fire 6 years ago yeah. uh which is a, for a guy for anyone but for a guy like him it's a huge hit he rebounded you know god forbid anything comes back on this horse 2 weeks down the line you know The industry maybe can't recover it, so it's a great story. Hey, he's live on the Today Show this morning. You know what? I would wish Zandon had won, but if Zandon had won, Chad Brown would not have been on the Today Show this morning, okay? Because he's supposed to win, and it's Chad Brown. All right. So hey, it's a good story. Good luck to the people who won. the The problem I have is the people who won on Rich Strike we're not going to get their money back in the pool until next year, the first Saturday mm-hmm. in May. Okay. Uh, if, if Zandon had won an epicenter, and, and if it held uh, Kyle and Jim and you and me, we're going to have more money back in the pool on Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, is, is it good for the, game? it's a good story. Is it good for the game? You know, those people aren't going to watch racing because they won in the Kentucky Derby and an 80 to one shot one, but it's still, it's a nice story. It's 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 good. Good luck to them. I'm with you. Congratulations. Just don't ask me. I had people who don't follow the sport, who know how sick I am about it. Oh, you must've played that horse, right? I want to get on their throat. No. What do you mean? I must've played that. How could I play that horse? <laughs> yeah. If I could bet the race now, I'm not playing the
0: horse. What are you talking about? I, I, I got to say, I have to say though, in general, as much as it was a financial disaster for me, for anyone that suggests this is going to be bad for the sport, I got to tell you, I think it's going to bring more people into it.
4: That's what the, casual,
0: the casual fan think, oh, wow, the biggest race of the year, paid 80 to one. I'm not going to start betting on some horses. I don't, for me, selfishly, it didn't work out well financially. But in terms of the sport overall, as long as the horse comes back clean, which is no reason why he shouldn't, I think it, I think it can only help the game. Kyle, what's your opinion on that?
4: I 100% agree with that. There's a person in the that you just brought up in the chat who said that I've learned more about horse racing in the last 48 hours than I ever have and it's been awesome. And then just adding on to that that you know this big story that's going to go out like you said that person's on the today show. Oh, who's that? And then they go check it out and then next thing you know, they're going to bet horses next weekend. So I 100% agree with you, Howard. And then to add on bef- to before about you know talking about the race, there was a comment uh, earlier from Easy Fun Money was the name. And he goes, he was talking about Rosario's ride on Epicenter and how, you know, how good he put in that ride. And he said that he thinks he wins that race 79 out of 80 times, especially with Zanda not passing him in the lane. I don't see that. I I don't disagree with that at all. And I think um, and to, to that point, yeah, Ridge Strike, I've been joking all, all weekend long that that horse would have been 200 to one. Or it should have been 200, 250 to one. And I would never would have batted an eye at it.
0: You know, I, I try real hard, guys, not to criticize jockeys too much because, to be very honest, I've never been on the back of a horse. These guys – I mean, Paul has talked to these guys much more than any of us on this screen. They're going four miles per hour. They're literally – their lives are on the line every single time they're out there. They've made split-second decisions. I know it's their job. The thoughts that the rides on Epicenter and Zandon, like, weren't good enough, I'm sorry. I just think that's crazy. They It's a 20-horse field. They both got great inside trips. They really didn't have to study once. I mean, upper Center is a speed horse, guys. He's not going to be thirty lengths off the lead. I don't care how fast they're going. I just, it was just one of those weird, crazy situations that might not happen ever again in our lifetime. That's not even an exaggeration. Uh, Jim, I, any just quick thought? I know, I know. Obviously, yeah. you're upset about the the result. No, well,
3: actually, but... to be honest, with you, Howard, I just, I, dis, I disagree with you. I agree with Paul. This is a nice racing story. It's going to be forgotten in forty-eight hours. You know, you're not going to no. see in the paper. I, no I. I, way. I a- Anecdote, really. I was I was in line with a whole bunch of people that were cashing on this Rich Strike race, and I can tell you that none of these people are coming back. I had a guy in front of me that had twenty one dollars to win on Rich Strike. I says, "Why would you have twenty one dollars to win on this horse?" He goes, "Well, I never. I only bet the Kentucky Derby every year. I'm a big casino player." He goes, "I'm a blackjack player." He says, "I saw horse number twenty one. I figured I'll put twenty one dollars to win on 21. He's he cashed fifteen hundred. I says, "Well, you're going to come back right. next week?" He goes, "I'm heading right for the casino." I said, I wish I had a match in my pocket. I can help you and save two hours and light that money on fire for you, you know?
0: <laughs> These people so, you coming think this is, so you think more people are going to go away from the game? Or I think just...
3: this was a big transfer of wealth. You took $100 million out of legitimate horse players' pocket and redistributed to people that come once a year. They have a nephew named Richard, so they bet Ridge Strike. Um, the money's lost. If it went to horse players, if Zanin wins or Epicenter wins, this money's being redistributed, refunded back into the races. I just think You know, there's not a legitimate horse player handicapper that put this horse on top. I mean, just between, just think of of us right here, Howard, with your uh, super effective pool, your podcast pool, your personal bets. I was with four other friends of mine. We had four figures in the race, you know, the high four figures. You guys, how much money was lost on that race? How many people are discouraged by your super effective pool, uh, Howard, that maybe got into it? This sounds like fun. And then some 80 to one wins.
0: Can I respond to that, Jim? Sure. I, I don't want to speak, if anyone's, by the way, if anyone is watching tonight who is part of my super effective bet, I'd love to hear your comment, and I want your honest opinion. Jim, I got about, I'm just telling you what I got. I could mm-hmm. I could forge you the emails. I got five or six. I got zero. For those people don't know, I we did a betting syndicate for the HHH Racing Podcast, and I had 55 people, including myself, make a $6,000 bet in the super fact I per I did all the handicapping. It was completely on me. I don't blame anyone else but myself. I actually thought it was six separate tickets. I actually thought it was really well constructed to be very honest. I was all over everyone. I had the sixth, I had the second through the sixth place horse completely all over it. I handicapped my balls off in this race. I'm just, I I I don't care how it sounds. You, you guys heard the video. I was exactly right. Just like Paul, it's exactly the way I thought it didn't work out. Jim, I got zero negative emails from anyone saying i never want to do this again every single email was that was some weird shit things just happened it was great construction it's just the way it goes so jim i'm not i don't want to get into a big argument with you but that's the response that's people understand that it's horse racing that crazy shit happens the source was completely illogical and 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 that's the way it goes now if people don't want to play with me going forward you know, that's fine. I, no no problem there. But that's, but
2: that's not what Jim said, Howard. That's, that's not what I'm different. saying at no. all. Oh, it's I'm sorry. It's different from not being upset about a fluke happening to someone who hit the race. And not, no one who hit that race on the blind, the blind leading the blind. Is like, Oh, let me get in Howard's pool. Oh, next. okay. I, I'm sorry, that's Jim. What Jim I'm no, that's what Jim's no. oh. saying. No. But, yeah, hey, look, maybe they will. You know, I got a text from a friend of mine on uh, Sunday. I assume you didn't hit the Derby. I said, you would be correct. And I told him what I would have won had it come back 10-3 or three ten. And it wouldn't have been life-changing, but for, certainly four figures. And he said, oh, well, my son, Jake, his friend hit it for whatever, uh, whatever a 100 to win is, okay, uh, 8,000, 100, 100, uh, whatever it is. 20 yeah. to win would have been uh, 1,600. Yeah, he said my son's friend hit for eight thousand. I said, "Oh, that sounds like a hundred dollar win bet." Now I know my, my and his son is my godson. He, you know, it's a friend of his. He probably has a few beers with that kid. He isn't betting a hundred to win on a horse, except it's the Kentucky Derby and it's once a year. And he won that eight thousand. He's not betting a hundred to win on the Peter Pan this Sun this Saturday. So look again. You. Good luck to them. Do I think it's yeah. bad? no but i think it would be better if to jim's point you know the money were
0: redistributed among us i right, frankly yeah. you
2: know,
3: By the way, i
0: i just want to i got i don't know if this is I, I maybe i shouldn't say the name but if i know who i think this is this i believe this is an excellent race call announcer that's pretty famous in the, in this country and again i don't want to say who it is because he probably wants to stay anonymous but i i it could be if they, if it is the person i'm thinking it is thank you so much for joining the podcast tonight i just i say that because of the the name on the screen the shimatori is is very similar to someone that i don't want to get in details but if that i could be completely wrong but anyway if it is that person thanks for watching the show uh greatly appreciate it by the way trish is right rich strike if you want to hate time for him that's fine I think Timeform US is fantastic. I think Craig that's Milkowski a does a great job. Trish, you're absolutely right. I buried the lead a little bit. I have so much stuff written down, and I got a little sidetracked. Uh, Rich Strike had the best late Timeform pace rating. I believe it was 110. I could look it up. If you want to poo-poo it, that's fine, but I think they do a great job. Timeform is very, very well respected, and he did have the best late number. So I'm just going to... Uh, Trish great great uh, comment there um in the uh, uh on the screen. Uh, Jim you want to say something?
3: Well, Paul may get a kick out of this. I helped a woman walk through the process of cashing her trifecta ticket on the Derby. So I asked her, "How did you come up with your number?" And she goes, "Well, it was pretty easy. I have three grandchildren. They're 21, 18 and 10. So I boxed those four numbers for a dollar. She I do it every year. Last year she boxed it one less. 20, 17 and 2 you know, with, with, her, with a three. I mean, she's not coming back to the racetrack. She's not investing okay. in the winnings. All right. you know, she we, just I, confuses why she had to pay taxes.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, I, maybe I, I'll have to revisit what I said after the show. I, I don't mean that. I think there's just more interest in the game, not necessarily more dollars can be bet. I just because of the story, I think is cool. But you know, if you want to make the argument or I guess you are making the argument, that's going to hurt the game financially. I suppose I understand it. I just think it's a real nice human interest story. And that might get more people interested in the sport in general, maybe not at the windows gym, but maybe in general Kyle, do, you, do yeah. you agree with that.
4: 1000% agree, especially with the story. Uh, and like I said, all around, you know, like I said, Eric Reed's going on the today show and it's yeah. like, it's that
3: type of story. So yeah, I think we'll see these people next year at the Derby.
2: And, and, uh we're and we'll much take better over. off with Eric Reed on the Today Show this morning than Bob Baffett, which you know
0: could have happened under a true. different circumstance. I, I Paul, I think I think that's an excellent point. Guys, it's already we, we lost one we lost Pete. We probably lost some viewers because I said to leave the show. <laughs> um it's guys, it's been an incredibly long six or seven days. You just gotta you gotta bear with me here. I'm doing my best. And I'm human, by the way, I make mistakes. Um, I'm just gonna whip around for a final uh, comment that is perhaps cogent and perhaps not anything you all you want to say about the derby or the weekend in general as we wrap up the show and then paul i'll wrap up with the final comment paul any thoughts about the derby or just going we didn't really talk about the preakness that much going forward because we we got on this you know a little bit of a tangent but who do you like maybe the preakness going forward who should go to the preakness or just i'll let you just say anything you'd like to paul I don't think we're going to see more than
2: four or five out of this field, but I do think we'll see a pretty much full gate in the Preakness because, you know, I, I put a little Twitter poll out on Saturday night, Howard. What will this horse's odds be in the Preakness? 20 to one, less than 20 to one or greater than 20 to one. Now I know a lot depends on who comes, but um, you know, no one's going to be afraid to line up against rich So I think it'll be, I think it'll be a, competitive race and a good field as far as final thoughts you know we've covered it all you know it is for the human interest side of things uh it's good again please god this horse comes back clean uh the eric reed story is a good story although there are people who have already taken to twitter and scoured his past tweets and are now trying to make an issue out of uh, political candidates he may have supported in the past. And, oh, boy. Uh, and, I, I, thankfully,
0: Paul, I haven't looked at that yet, and I don't oh, even it's, really it's, care. It's,
2: and, and you know what pisses me off, Howard? Jesus it's, Christ. It's, it's, not, it's not just people from outside the industry. It's, it's people from inside the industry who are, to some degree, if not making a living, you know, earning by by reporting on the industry. And again, it's not that it's strictly, about, anyway, I don't want to get into it, it's too late, but it's a good story. Uh, I hope the horse, I, uh, there's no reason to think uh, the, the horse isn't going to come back clean. He's going to go on to the Preakness. Hey, look, I, I always root for the Derby winner in the Preakness because I go to the Belmont most of the years. So, you know, I don't think it can happen, but I didn't think it could happen Saturday. So bring it on. I I, I think uh, early, early on, I, I think early voting is going to be a handful in the Preakness.
0: I will tell all my viewers and listeners out there, I promise, I promise to everyone, you have my word. What is this? May 9th. Politics will not be part of this show. It's, yeah. it's way too, I'm not going to give you my opinions on anything relating to politics. I'm going to I'm gonna tell my guests and, and anyone coming on the show to do the same. It's way too volatile. It's way too explosive. It's unfortunate that that's the way this country is right now. But I am not going to bring that into this conversation. If you want to listen to politics please go to another podcast. Uh, Jim, your final words, sir.
3: Real quick, um, I, I wish more focus was on the undercard of the Derby day because the races prior to the Derby were fantastic. Yeah. I really enjoyed myself. And, and as much as I vented about the Derby, it's, it's a silly race. The only time you get calls all year is from the Derby. People call me out of the woodwork. Who's your Derby horse? Who's your Derby horse? I mean, there's 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 a thousand better races that bet during the year. And that's a little frustrating. I wish more focus was attention elsewhere. And an apology to Kyle, my man, I owe you. I mean, I stepped all over you. I took your time. I I was just steamrolling you all day. And and next time, honestly, I'll come out if I come back, if I'm allowed back again. I'll have a tape, <laughs> that We might yes, have to across my mouth,
0: Jim. We might have to do a poll on that one. I don't. know. listen. I, no, that's <laughs> no, okay, yeah. Jim. Well, I'll 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 we'll wait to my final comment, uh, Kyle. Uh, you know, you are. I love having you on, Kyle, as well as Jim, because you know you're part of that younger crowd. For those people who don't know about. Kyle, he actually literally just graduated college, uh, well, specifically graduated college on Derby Day, but he actually finished his credits a semester ago. He worked at Arlington um, International as a professor is what they're called, people that help others learn to read the program, and he's a great guy. I just met him for the first time last summer. I'm proud to call him my friend now. Kyle, any final thoughts on on, uh, this weekend, sir? know,
4: oh, my head just keeps growing bigger every time you compliment me. But, all right, uh... you suck. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Back <laughs> down. But, um, Jim, you're fine. Don't worry about it. I was having a good time. Don't worry about it. But I think the biggest thing to come out of this, about the derby, is all this, especially these past few years, all the news about horse racing that comes out, it's all negative, negative, negative. And for this to come out of this derby, you know, again, barring everything, you know, checks out fine. This is a great story for horse racing. Like I said, it's getting more people. I think it's going to get more people involved, especially on the personal side. So I think finally having a good story about horse racing is a good thing for this business. And again, going into the Preakness, Rich Strike, I'll probably put him. I don't, know, probably, I don't think he'll even be the favorite, but but depends on the field, of course. But he'll probably be 6-1, to 8-1. to one, And you know what I'll do? I'll take their money then. I won't play him. It's all good.
0: All right, guys. You ready for my final thought? I By the way, I have nothing written down. I love Rich Strike in the pre. <laughs> yeah, kidding. there you go. No, no, no. Just kidding. I don't. Um, oh, and I just made the screen go blurry. Oh well, that's why I'll just keep talking here. Sometimes the screen does that, guys. Um, sorry for the blurriness as we end the show. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a perfect way to end the show. Um, I want to I want to thank everyone who joined us tonight. Anyone who was, Jim is a, is a great guy. He's passionate. I have no problem with passion. Anyone that was. You know, insulted or felt bad about Jim's very strong comments. I'll go ahead and apologize on his behalf since I'm the host of the show and I brought him on. Um, but Jim is just passionate about this game like everyone else, and I love passion. I don't mind it if it's as long as it's directed and comes from the heart. I have absolutely no problem with that. So uh, for Paul Halloran, Jim Polars, Kyle Roscoe, and Pete Visco, thanks everyone for watching this great show. Now, next Thursday, uh, we have a minor change. I already put it on the YouTube site. Um, unfortunately, uh, Anthony Stabil texted me today. Um, he's got a little bit of a health issue and also a little bit of a conflict. So, Anthony, wish you well. I'm sure everything's going to be fine. Anthony Stabil will not be with us this Thursday. But do I have to call him a replacement would be insulting. Nick Tamaro, one of the best handicappers in the country. He's also the racetrack announcer at Sam Houston. He's going to call the races at Sam Houston and then immediately come on to our show. How about that? So we're going to have Nick Tamar on this Thursday. We're also going to start at a later time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to to satisfy Nick's schedule. So we're going to start, this is rare, we're going to start at 9 p.m. One hour later, 9 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. We will definitely be ending for sure that show at 10 because of the time so again this thursday with nick tamro talking about all the great races at belmont it's belmont uh stakes preview day they've got five grade stakes four grade threes and a grade one the man of war on turf featuring goofo versus yabir Woo! on the turf it's with nick tamro this thursday 9 p.m eastern i hope you all join us Thanks for watching a very energetic and interesting show, the HHH Racing Podcast, episode 137. I hope to see all of you this Thursday night. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye.